keepers at home and keepers of the faith. And for those of you like me who don't know anything about this, Anna is going to be leading us through. But before we talk about keepers, we want you to get to know us a little bit. I'm Alex. I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm a millennial. In case that isn't obvious enough, we're starting a podcast. Of course, we're millennials. And I am good friends with Anna. And she has been telling me for years a little bit about her life. And it's so unique and different to me. It's something I am unfamiliar about. I grew up Catholic, living in the Midwest. And so all of the stories she shares were so um, foreign to my experiences growing up. And I am so excited to be learning all about her life, her experiences in homeschooling culture and fundamentalist Christianity, along with the rest of us. Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm Anna. I'm a Southern gal, but I lived in the Midwest for a few years during my childhood. Um, I was homeschooled from kindergarten through 12th grade, and I participated in Keepers. And today we are going to talk about Keepers. Like I mentioned before, Anna and I, we are friends. We met in grad school here in the Midwest, and she used to tell all these like funny, funny stories at, at grad school and people, we would just kind of be like, no way is this real? Like this, this can't be real, right? I think it was funny because when I was telling the stories, I would be telling a story about something else and I would just kind of throw something in like, yeah, my friend, um, Sarah, you know, she's a stay at home daughter and they would all be like, what what is a stay-at-home daughter and I'm like hold on let me get to my story right so it's kind of funny because things that I thought were pretty normal I started to realize maybe they were not so normal for other people <laughs> no absolutely we would be like what are these things completely completely unique never never experienced them and I feel like you and I got to be texting a lot at the start of this summer like we were both yes. on a big documentary kick we love documentaries so like that was just be like oh my god I watched this one did you see this one yet and like we're texting back and forth and we're like you know what let's do a podcast yeah I mean we both had COVID almost at the same time you were a little bit after me but that gave me extra time to watch documentaries and I watched a ton of documentaries and we would be texting back and forth. And I was like, you know, it's weird that no one's done a homeschool documentary. <laughs> there should definitely mm -hmm. be a documentary on XYZ. And then we were like, hey, let's make a podcast about it. So I think this is going to be perfect podcast to kick it off. Like you said, Anna, you grew up in this homeschooling culture. I did not. I went to public school. Um, but it's definitely shaped our experiences of childhood very different differently, oh, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. 
Um, so I was homeschooled from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Um, and I lived in the Midwest for about four years. And during that time, I made a friend and she was part of Girl Scouts. And I just thought that Girl Scouts was the coolest thing ever. And I really, really wanted to be part of Girl Scouts. So I asked my mom if I could be in Girl Scouts. And she was like, no, Girl Scouts is for feminists. Girl Scouts is for people who want to get abortions. Um, and so I was really sad about this. And she was like, but I'll find something else that you can do. So she ended up finding out that our co-op had a keepers group and a co-op for those of you who don't know what a co-op is. Um, a co-op is like a group of moms who get together usually once a week and they each teach a different class so that you have like different times. Like I had art and choir and keepers and I, I don't remember if I did other things in that co-op. I probably did, but those are the three that I remember. Oh, oh my goodness. So, um... Oh. I was gonna say I was in Girl Scouts growing up and it was pretty cool and it was pretty fun um but just kind of talking with you it seems like Keepers was not exactly like Girl Scouts no definitely not definitely not um I think some things are the same like I mean we had nature badges and we had like a camping badge and stuff but I think the whole premise is really different because the purpose of keepers, I mean, it says at the front of the book that the purpose of keepers is to help every young woman become a godly young woman who will one day be a good helpmeet for her husband and a good homemaker for her family. A helpmeet. Yes. So I know we're going to talk about helpmeets later, and obviously it's like the name of this podcast, but what is a help meet? That's such a loaded question. I feel like different people are going to define it different ways, but in fundamentalist Christianity, generally a help meet is another term for a wife. Um, okay. And you are your husband's helper. So you're helping to support your husband with whatever he needs. Okay. We're going to circle back to that. I have a feeling. But um, so keepers, like, like you said, there are some things that were probably typical Girl Scout stuff, like what I probably did. And then some things very differently, like the section on biblical girlhood. We did not have a section on biblical girlhood when I was in Girl Scouts growing up. Like, I, I don't know, tell, tell me about biblical girlhood. Um, so biblical girlhood, I feel like actually out of everything in the book, this is probably the most normal, <laughs> normal <laughs> section. <laughs> Maybe, well, other than arts and crafts, I think arts and crafts are pretty normal, but um, there was nothing too crazy. It was basically about reading the Bible, memorizing scripture, um, praying for others. So it was all pretty standard Christian stuff. I suppose it makes sense if it is coming from fundamental Christianity alternative to Girl Scouts that we're going to throw yeah. some Bible stuff in there too. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I then mean, like arts and crafts. Yes. Always standard. I remember doing arts and crafts in Girl Scouts. We would have these like little like 
lanyards that we would weave together or we would do crafts like make your own rain stick or like find a pine cone and make something cool from that like you know cutesy little craft things yeah so um there were a lot of arts and crafts in keepers a lot of them had to do with making decor for your house though so a lot of them were like embroidery or like the tissue box covers um (laughs) making candles arranging flowers pressing flowers um sewing lots of different things there was a doll making badge my doll looked very very unfortunate (laughs) a doll what did you make the dolls out of okay so we made them out of pillowcases and we were supposed to like sew Um, well, I guess embroider the eyes and the mouth and the nose before we stuffed the head of the pillowcase. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and I thought everything looked very evenly spaced. But once I stuffed the head of the pillowcase, like, and then we put like a little string around it, like she's like wearing some kind of choker or something. The eyes (laughs) ended up like on the sides of the head instead of facing (laughs) forward. So she just looked like a weird ghost or like fish or something. And I remember telling my group leader, my doll looks horrendous. And she said, well, I was going to use a gentler word, but I mean, like it looked, she looked awful. She was so sad. And the boys were supposed to be building cradles for us. And we paid like $30 for this cradle that we never received. So. Oh my God. I know oh, they were. Easy to work. Yeah. They were just like in a room, like playing soccer and stuff. And I don't know. I don't know if anyone else got their cradle, but my best friend did not get her cradle and I did not get my cradle, which I was okay with it. Cause my doll was ugly anyway, but. <laughs> So did the boys have their own version of like Boy Scouts? They did. It was called Contenders for the Faith. Um, So the girls program was originally called Keepers at Home. And then I'm not sure exactly when the name changed, maybe early 2000s, but they ended up changing the name to Keepers of the Faith. And then the boys group was Contenders for the Faith. And the boys had like a lot of outdoor badges. I'm not really sure what all the boy badges were because my brother was never in contenders. Oh, okay. So apparently they didn't actually do anything though. except Not that contenders group. I mean, like some other groups might've done something, but that group just played soccer. (laughs) So what else would you do with keepers? Like what are some other badges that you would work on? What would you earn? So obviously a big part of keepers is homemaking. Um, And that's probably, yeah. So that's probably where we spent like the bulk of our time because a lot of the creative badges you could get in like a day. Um, But the homemaking stuff was very lengthy. Um, So that's probably the biggest section in the book and that's where I spent most of my time um so like cleaning um you had to clean your bedroom 
and bathroom and kitchen and living room and like the garage and there are different requirements for that and it actually takes weeks to earn that badge because you have to do every yeah you have to do every room for four weeks um so yeah oh my gosh okay so you're working on cleaning the garage for four weeks what would you even do cleaning the garage my my dad was like the keeper of the garage at my home and it was like do not go in there do not get anything if you need something come ask dad dad will get something it was like very off limits yeah actually so under the garage they don't give any directions except for clean and straighten the garage but for everything else they give very explicit instructions like clean the kitchen thoroughly once a week for four weeks this includes washing drying and putting away the dishes wiping off the stove and refrigerator straightening the insides of the drawers and cupboards cleaning the inside of the refrigerator emptying the trash and washing the floor oh my god (laughs) i know I'm like, I don't do all that as an adult, but I did as a child. How old were you when you were doing this? Um, so I started keepers when I was in kindergarten and I don't remember exactly when I got my cleaning badge. I do remember the house that I lived in and I moved to that house when I was eight years old. So I was probably between eight to 10 years old at that point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you got your cleaning badge. What else yes. do you have for homemaking? Um, so I got my cooking badge as well. And that was another one that took a really long time um, because you couldn't use any food that was like pre-made. You had to make everything from scratch. So it's like prepare five different breakfasts and there are requirements for the breakfast food, prepare five different lunches, prepare five different dinners, prepare five different salads. So, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. We might've done like a cooking thing when I was in Girl Scouts, but it was probably like, let's all make brownies as a troop. Like it was not that extensive to get our badge. We were not really the badge getting kind of girls though. We were more like activity based in my Girl Scout troop, but, but still like, that's a lot. It is a lot of everything from scratch. Yeah, it is a lot. And I mean, like these took a long time and there were some people that they were only doing this as their homeschool curriculum. So like this is all the girls were doing, which is why they had time to do that, but they weren't really doing other academic things. Um, thankfully, my family was not like that, but um, there are kind of a lot of families in our group that were. Her own academic curriculum. So you're saying for some girls in your group, like this was it? At the time, the state that I lived in was basically like you just wrote a letter that you were homeschooling and that was it. So pretty much you could do whatever you wanted to do. Mm. Um, And that led to a lot of people within this sort of fundamentalist belief. I think they felt like the Keeper's curriculum was the best curriculum for their daughters because 
they weren't preparing their daughters to do things that were academic. They weren't preparing them to do things that were outside the home. Like the whole theology was the best thing for a woman to do is to get married and to love her husband and to have children and to be a homemaker. And so, I mean, this curriculum prepares them for that. I suppose it does. I mean, I'm looking and there's things like laundry, gardening, canning. That's kind of cool, canning. We definitely did not do canning in my Girl Scouts. Um, Sewing, soap making, (laughs) like, Yes. That's that seems like a craft to me, but I know. I actually loved that badge. I thought it was so fun. I got really into it when I was like 12 or 13 and my mom got me a bunch of different molds and I would do like snowflakes with peppermint for Christmas time and it was really fun for me. <laughs> that was what I liked. That actually does seem kind of fun. So Tell me more about some of these badges, like the sewing badge. What would you, is it just like, so a cute little embroidery thing or something like that? Like my grandma came in and taught my Girl Scout troop a little bit about like cross stitch for one of our badges, but it was all fun. Or or was it like, learn how to sew a button, learn how to hem your dad's trousers? Like, what is this sewing badge about? Yeah, so as far as like the cross stitch and embroidery, that would be considered like a craft. Like we did, you know, cross stitch and latch hook and embroidery and candle wicking and all of that. But the sewing badge was more about practical sewing. So like sewing on a button, a hook and eye, um, how to thread the machine, um, what the different needles are for, um, how to measure someone, how to get their measurements, how to use a pattern, how to do elastic or ruffles, zippers. Zippers are really hard and buttonholes are really, really hard. Um, (laughs) And then we actually made clothes, pillowcases. I made a lot of laundry bags because that was like a very easy thing starting out. So see, I feel like honestly, those are actually good skills to have. You know, I remember middle school, we had um, family and consumer economics class. And like, we had to learn how to also thread the needle of a sewing machine. And I think we did learn how to like sew a button on and stuff, but it was not that extensive. And maybe it should have been like, these are good life skills. Yeah, I mean, like, I had a lot of fun being in keepers. Honestly, I always looked forward to going to the meetings. We had the meetings once a month. Um, and the first couple of groups that I was in, I was in a different group um, when I moved because I've lived in several different places in the U.S. But um, the first couple groups that I was in, you had to wear a dress or a skirt to the meeting. And a lot of those girls wore dresses and skirts at home, too. But it was always really fun because I got to see friends and hang out with people. Um, And we would talk about like different badges we were working on. So I don't think the skills are bad. And I mean, obviously, I'm glad I have these skills now. I do think the reasoning behind them is a little faulty, (laughs) but the skills were were fine. I know. I, I think... I think that's exactly it. That's totally why we want to talk about this. It's like, it's not all, 
you know, bad inherently, like there's actually a lot of good stuff that it seems like you were learning, but, but just the reasoning why that undercurrent of why do the girls specifically have to learn this stuff? Yeah. I mean, there is a very clear definition of womanhood. Um, and there was always a Bible verse for everything, but sometimes the Bible verses really don't make sense. Like for the ironing badge, it says giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Like that is so funny to me because that doesn't really have anything to do with ironing. No, not not at all. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ironing in the Bible. I don't think Yes. about ironing in the bible so you had a badge for ironing yes there is a badge for ironing I mean there was a badge for like pretty much every homemaking skill and I love reading the little descriptions because they're so funny to me as an adult like as a child I took everything really seriously but as an adult it's hilarious like it says if we belong to God we will want our clothing to be a reflection of him we will never appear sloppy when our clothes are neatly ironed. <laughs> and here I am sitting in sweatpants that literally have a hole in the butt and like a t-shirt in my closet <laughs> recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm not much better right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God wants you to have a very neat and tidy appearance. Yes. I don't. He doesn't want your clothes to be wrinkled. That's very important to him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What is, okay, I'm looking at your list of some of the homemaking badges. What is the scheduling badge about? So the scheduling badge was basically about just, I mean, making a schedule for your day, kind of like a day plan. Um, And it's kind of funny because I have been doing this for a really long time and I've been doing it for so long and I didn't realize that this is probably where it originated from until we were researching for the podcast and I opened up the keeper's manual and I looked at the example schedule and it looks like almost identical to my current (laughs) schedule. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've done that for a really long time. So they basically ask you to like write out all your priorities and to put those in and then figure out how much free time you have left. Um, And something that I thought was interesting was in the book, it says, it is not necessary to fill in every hour, but if you happen to have free hours, do not daydream. Do not waste your time doing profitless things. Be helpful. Ask your mother if she has anything with which you can help her. So it's just, you're never supposed to be idle and eat the bread of idleness, you know? I loved daydreaming and pretending as a kid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm a scheduling girl. Like, I'm a planner girl. I've got my planners. I've been a planner girl forever, but I don't have them super duper filled in. In fact, I I don't think I filled it in at all for the month of July, but um, I do love my planners. Like, again, it's like these skills are important. They are good skills. You should know how to manage your time efficiently, but then like 
no idle time, no eating the bread of idleness. Just always be fruitful and productive. Like, why? Everyone needs a little bit of downtime. Yeah, I mean, it says use spare minutes to do little things like straightening up the living room, watering plants, or finishing a craft. Um, and when you want to do something new in your schedule, like if there's an activity you want to add, there are questions that you're supposed to ask before you make that decision. Um, how much time does this new activity require? Do I have that much time? Where will it fit in my schedule? Are there any time conflicts? Do I have to eliminate anything from my schedule to take on this activity? And then the last two, so those were all normal. Here come the crazy ones. <laughs> what has the most eternal value? The new activity or the one which might be eliminated? Will know. my family be inconvenienced in any way by my new activity? Oh. Yeah. Will my family be inconvenienced? Of course they're going to be inconvenienced by your activities. Like, that's part of the fun, well, for the kids, but that's just part of the this thing. When you sign your kid up for a thing, you're going to be driving them around everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of friends that I had that really keepers was their only activity because when you have a really large family, most of these people had very large families, you can't really let your kids have a bunch of different activities because logistically it just doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. And so I think there were a lot of people who really had to sacrifice in that area just due to the size of their family. That's a bummer. It is. Yeah. And in my family, there are only two children, but I still didn't have a lot of activities because outside of church, like it was like church is so important. You need to be doing everything for church and other things were looked on. I don't want to say. They didn't have eternal value. Yes, they were seen as as kind of frivolous. That's the word I'm looking for. Frivolous and unimportant because they didn't have eternal value. Uh, so no Girl Scouts, but no Girl yes Scouts. To ironing. <laughs> yeah. Cause God does not want your clothes to be God wrinkled. does not want your clothes to be wrinkled. Like you said, it's very important to yes. him. Yes, it is. Even in that pant. Yes. I was really good at pleats in men's Were pants. Really? And I just want to take a second to brag on myself for that. Brag it up, girl. I don't need, I don't think I would even know how to use an iron. It's really hard. It's really hard. Well, I thought it was really hard, but I was also like a child. Um so yeah, like it was hard to learn how to like fold the pants and and everything to keep the pleat looking like crisp. Oh my you gosh. know, I think I've ironed like a tablecloth. <laughs> That's probably all I've. Those are hard too. Table linens are hard because they're, they're so big, big that you can't. Yes, yes, and like you don't want to just let it be on the floor because that feels like unsanitary. But you kind of have to, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm still stuck on the ironing badge. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but that wasn't the only thing for homemaking. Like you did have other things you needed to learn too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we had a laundry badge, so we were doing the family's laundry, um, and that one took a really long time as well. Probably, like, cleaning, cooking, laundry, and sewing and ironing were probably the five that were the most time-consuming. Can I tell you a secret? Oh, it's not really a secret. Actually, I'm pretty sure that there's, like, a lot of people in my position I didn't learn how to do my own laundry until I went to college, which I'm kind of embarrassed to say, because I know so many people are like, oh, yeah, I did my laundry like in my teens or started in middle school. I'm like, oh, I didn't learn till I went to college. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, know I was spoiled. Yeah. I mean, I started doing laundry at a really young age. Um, like, I don't remember how old I was, but... I know one of the first things I did was fold washcloths because that was something I could fold really easily. Cute. Yeah. So um, to get the ironing badge, you had to iron 10 of your dad's or brother's shirts and 10 of your dad or brother's trousers and then iron all your own clothes and then demonstrate how to use the settings of the iron and then like iron blouses skirts and dresses and some people wore culottes so like I guess some people were ironing their culottes like the people who couldn't wear pants some of them were allowed to wear culottes I guess because it's kind of like in between a pant and a skirt oh my god that's a word blast from the past a culotte right you don't hear that word every day oh I like okay I don't like but I like how it's like here, show how to use this homemaking device, girl. And now iron your dad's stuff or your brother's stuff. It just, it always circles back to that patriarchal nonsense. Well, in my opinion, nonsense. Yeah. Like, why can't your brother learn how to iron his own pants? Right. And I mean, like the boys' badges, a lot of them. Well, I mean, most of the time when I saw the boys, they were playing soccer, but or basketball, <laughs> but their badges were like fun, it seemed like, you know, mm-hmm. whereas ours, I mean, not that you can't have fun while ironing. I mean, it suggests in the book <laughs> that you pray for the person whose clothes are being ironed. So I guess that's kind of fun, um, <laughs> depending on what you pray for. Um, but anyway, like the boys were like. I don't know they were always playing sports and they had a lot of like sports badges and like woodworking stuff and the girls got ironing ironing yeah Mm. (laughs) oh man so did you do any like non-home-based badges and stuff oh yeah I mean like there were other badges um There's a section called knowledge and skills and it has some badges that are like, they're kind of academic, which I think is why some people got away with using this as their homeschool curriculum. Like there's one about how to use the library, which I mean, that is a good thing that people need to know how to do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one about foreign language, how to use a computer, like basic stuff. I think most of the knowledge and skills badges though most of them could be completed in like 30 minutes I mean they're very short 
like the music badge is just like list five different hymns and list like five different scriptures about music. Wow. Yeah. And then here you're spending 12 weeks cleaning. Yeah. I mean, there was like, I think the literature badge was longer because you had to read 25 books from different categories. But I mean, most of the other ones were were a lot less involved yeah it seems like it priorities yeah cleanliness is next to godliness yes I mean there was a hygiene badge so it did say that in the hygiene badge what was the hygiene badge the hygiene badge was like learning about bacteria and viruses (laughs) and um also part of it was always always people were saying that you needed to have a clean heart and like a pure heart and your thoughts and your mind need to be pure so like under the hygiene badge it says god knows that sin can dirty our spiritual lives and make us sick christians God also knows that dirt, germs, bacteria, and viruses can make us physically sick. It is important to learn how to be physically clean so we can be as healthy as possible. (laughs) It's like how to brush your teeth and stuff. Oh my gosh. How long did it take to learn that badge? I mean, I don't... Some of it was kind of longer because you had to like research what the difference between... uh, a fungus, a virus, and a bacteria are, and like how often you should wash your hair, how you wash your hair, how to care for your nails. And then you had to make a hygiene kit of like a hairbrush and different like soaps and stuff. And then one thing we did, and I don't know if everyone did this or like just my group, but we were told that we should be bathing our hairbrushes once a week, like to keep them clean. So like they talked about like how to wash your hairbrush, which I do not do that as an adult. And I feel like I probably (laughs) should, but I do not. I do give mine a light clean, but like once a month or something it's not I mean I get the hair out of it but I don't like put it in water and let it you know no usually while I'm in the shower I'll just like squirt a little shampoo on mine and like scrub 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 and then rinse it and call it good there you go for me it's the curly hair thing like I use so much product that it just builds up on my brush sometimes so yeah you know, got to keep the curls popping. Oh, for sure. But oh my gosh, the hygiene badge. I'm trying to think. I don't think I had anything like that in my Girl Scout troop, but I definitely had the American Girl doll book, the care and keeping of you, like my mother. I also had that book. It was a good one. I learned It was so a good book. book. Yes, I loved that book. Um. And I loved like all American Girl doll things, which I think we'll probably talk about that in a later episode. But there were some people who were very opposed to American Girl doll. And they had like all these alternative dolls with alternative books. What's wrong with the American Girl dolls? Uh, Well, I guess they weren't based off of Christian stories. Mm -hmm. So um, there was like an Abigail Adams doll and 
Elsie Dinsmore, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna have to tell me more about that one in a different episode because, like, yes, yes. And there were also nature badges, and oh, I, had I mean, nature badges and Girl Scouts. Yeah, so they were just mostly about animals like birds, butterflies, flowers, insects, like all the standard nature things. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what ours were kind of like too. I don't really remember, but definitely like talking about different kinds of plants, like identify poison ivy when you're on your little Girl Scout camp versus, you know, what is safe to play in, learn about bees, grow a butterfly from, I was going to say grow a butterfly from scratch, but you know, like hatch the little eggs and the little like nest thing. We had teachers yeah. in school who would do that too. Yes, we did that several times and we would re- release our butterflies and it was really cool. I it's loved so it. Cool. Yeah. It looks kind of creepy when it's like in the chrysalis. It looks yeah. a little eerie, but and like when it's first breaking out, they all look like they're going to die. Cause, mm-hmm. And some of them don't break out all the way, which is so sad. They just like hang there and like their wing is half out and they're dead. But, <laughs> but there are always some who did hatch and that was worth it. So worth it. Yeah. So worth it. So like, did you guys ever have like gaming badges or like playing like different activities like we would do like girl scout hikes to nature hikes to earn a badge or like they would teach us how to play like pickleball or something and we got like an athletic badge for that yeah I mean we had a camp out once per year and there was a camping badge um and then we had like we went on a wildflower hike where we learned how to make a natural salad, which was disgusting. It was literally like they were scraping lichen off of rocks and telling us that it was edible. And I was just like, you people are high. Like, no. Um, (laughs) But um, we had also recreational badges like um, swimming and ping pong, volleyball, So we did have some of those. We didn't have as many as the boys did. The boys had a lot of recreational badges. Of course they did. Yes. So would you get with your like whole homeschool crew, your whole co-op and do them? Because like I'm looking at some of yours, I'm like volleyball. You need like a whole team to do volleyball. Yeah, that would be like you pretty much had to have friends who were innkeepers trying to earn that badge. So that you could get together and earn that badge. And I I am terrible at volleyball. Like, I don't think I ever actually passed that one. Like, that is one thing. I remember going to a party once and someone, we were picking teams and someone picked me first for their volleyball team. And I was like, you're really going to regret this girl. Like, thank you for picking me but you're gonna regret this and she was like it's fine I can teach anyone to play volleyball and I was like not me listen I've already tried like I know what I can do what I can't do volleyball it's not one of my strong points I did not get my keepers badge for volleyball I I mean I was in college at this point so I didn't really want to bring up keepers because I had already learned I might get some weird looks you know um 
but yeah, there was like an ice skating badge, croquet. I did get my croquet badge. I just remember playing it and thinking, this is so boring. Like, I understand this, but like, why would this ever be something that someone wants to spend time doing? It's so dull, you know? I mean, I think the people who like it as adults like it because there's a drink in their hand, you know? Like, I think that's the only way it would be more entertaining. I think I need to try that now as an adult with a drink in my hand. I probably would like it a lot better. I mean, like, when you see people on TV who are playing croquet, like, they all have, like, giant, beautiful, like, derby hats and then, like, champagne. And then, like, someone's holding their champagne so they can play croquet. And I'm like, you know, if I had been playing it that way, maybe I would have liked it. Maybe it would have been more interesting. I think I would love to play it that way. I actually get a giant, giant derby hat yes. and like, yeah, sipping on a mimosa. I think I would love that. We actually. should do that one day. We should have like a croquet, an alcoholic croquet. Yes. Let's get a date yes, on the calendar. Sure. I'm in. Let's do it. Um, we also had badges about, um, it was just called others. And yes. Other. Like others was about other people so how to serve other people in your life and that was another section that was kind of lengthy um so there was a badge for child care and that's something we'll probably have to talk about in another episode but like babysitting um I was so young when I started earning this badge and most of the other girls were really young too so before we started babysitting, we actually started as mother's helpers. Um, mother. Helpers. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's another term you don't hear every day. No. What is that? Basically. I think I, I can guess, but. Yeah. I mean, basically a mother's helper was someone who was pretty much babysitting while the mom was at home. So. The family that I worked for, they had three boys and they were all under the age of five. So the mom was homeschooling the oldest one and she needed help with the younger two so that she could get the homeschooling finished with the oldest child. And then they also like lived on a farm. Um, And so I would just like walk around the farm with the kids <laughs> and say stuff like, who can go to the end of the driveway and back the fastest, <laughs> which was like great because it took like 20 minutes for them to get to the end of the driveway and back because it was so far away. <laughs> and then I also prepared simple meals. Like I'm really good at the dinosaur chicken nuggets and fish sticks and like ramen and pb and j all of that like i would make their lunch and then while the younger kids were napping because when i first started two of them were napping um i would do different chores for her like laundry or cleaning sometimes i would bring my schoolwork, and if i had like some downtime i could do my schoolwork during that time or read a book um sometimes i could play the piano they had a piano in their basement so were you like in like high school or something? No, I was nine years old when I first became a mother's helper. Nine? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we as I got definitely 
going to have to talk more about this. Yeah, as I got older, I started actually babysitting, which, you know, obviously the parents are not home for actual babysitting. Yeah, that's a little bit different than what I experienced growing up. I mean, I did babysitting and I was the world's worst babysitter too. I was terrible babysitter. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, I was so bad at it. And one time I was babysitting for my piano teacher and she and her husband were on like a date night or something. And it's like, okay. And mind you, I'm like 15. I'm 15 when this happens, like not quite old enough to drive. So my mom had to drop me off at their house, but I was like, okay, I can take like the baby for a walk or something around the neighborhood. And they had these cats and the cat was like, pushing the screen door open and getting out of the house and I'm like oh my gosh I can't let this cat get out of the house and like get lost or something so like I put the cat back in the house and I pull the front door closed it was locked so now I'm locked out of the house yes and I'm 15 I don't I didn't have a cell phone at that time you know millennial problems I think I got my first cell phone when I was 16 and so I had to go to like one of their random neighbor's houses who I never met before. And I was like hyperventilating. Cause like, is this a safe person? <laughs> I don't know. They might like abduct me in this baby and murder. I don't know. And um, I had to like call my mom and be like, mom, what do I do? I'm locked out of their house. Like that was just one, one of my poor babysitting experiences. Another time I accidentally let the kids light the microwave on fire for a different family. Are you serious right now? Yes, I am. I was the world's worst babysitter. Oh my gosh. We had made popcorn and we were playing games. And this time I am like over 16. I'm like 16 going on 17. And I'm playing games with the kids and we had made popcorn in the microwave. And then the older of the two kids, she was like, oh, there's a couple kernels left. Can I try and reheat them? And I'm like, sure, whatever. And I'm continuing to play with the little brother. And she, unbeknownst to me, put on a wooden clothespin onto the popcorn bag. And it and had put the, it the metal mic- thing in the... the metal. Mm-hmm. And the wood and the paper. And it started a huge fire in the microwave. And like, I spent the rest of the night trying to to clean out the microwave once I got the fire to stop (laughs) I was the worst I was the worst oh I was was like the best but I had all these directions to follow so (laughs) (laughs) what were the directions I probably needed some helpful tips for being a good babysitter always get a phone number where parents can be reached in case of emergency Remember, you are there to take care of the children. It is not time for you to read a book, watch television, or talk on the phone. Make the children the focus of your attention. Read to them or play with them. Keep the house straightened up. Put the toys and games away after the children are finished playing. If there is a sink full of dirty dishes, surprise the parents by doing them. It is always a pleasure for parents to come home and find some extra things done. Nope. That was not me. I probably should have done that. You were a better babysitter than I was. Well, I had a lot of directions on how to be a good babysitter. <laughs> I would also schedule everything we were going to do. So like if I knew, you have the scheduling yeah, badge. like if I knew, okay, we have to go to bed 
at eight o'clock, okay? At 7.30, we need to start reading, okay? At seven o'clock, we need to have our final snack so that then at 7.30, we can start getting ready for bed and reading, okay? So we need to have one calm activity before we have that. We need to have crazy activities before we have that so they can get their energy out, you know? Um. So what else was in this other people um, bag? So there was a church badge, of course, and it was about like how to, I guess, be like a good member of your church, like visiting people who have come to your church and sending cards to sick people or people who are elderly and can't come to church, um, cleaning, working in the nursery, that sort of thing. Um, there was also a family badge, and that badge was pretty extensive. What did you do in the family badge? So there are a number of different things in the family badge. Uh, <laughs> but in the description, it says, most young ladies, when they grow up, will marry and have families. This is good. God wants men and women to have families. He commanded man to be fruitful and multiply. When a man and wife have children, they are being fruitful. When their children have children, this multiplication takes place. So the whole purpose is that you are helping your family. Like one thing it says later on is some people often think I need to live my own life. No, this is not the family God created. In his design for the family, every member does what he or she can do to help and support every other member. So... There's not really a lot of like individuality. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's more about um, being there to support your family. So the first thing you had to do was pray for every member of your family for two months every day. Two months? Yeah. That's a long batch. <laughs> I know. And that's just the first thing. The second thing is to tell your family that you like tell each person in your family that you love them every day and give them a hug. And you have to do that for two minutes or two months, not two minutes. Every day you have to tell what, what if you didn't love somebody every single day? Like I grew up with a little sister. I know you grew up with a brother, like kids, they get into arguments, they fight. Like what if I'm ticked at my sibling today and I don't want to tell them I love them right now. Cause Maybe I don't, you know? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, I wasn't really mad at my brother. He's really quiet, so that really helped us get along because he pretty much just kept to himself. Um, but, yeah, I think it is kind of weird to, like, say you have to hug someone and tell them that you love them every single day because it doesn't feel genuine, you know? No, it doesn't sound genuine. It doesn't feel genuine. Yeah, Um feels kind of Stepford wife-ish, actually. Yes, yes. And then the third thing you had to do was do an extra nice thing for two months for one family member. So what you're doing is like you would list all your family members and you would do a nice thing for them, which is like an action. And then the fourth thing is to write a note to someone once a week for two months um, and you could say, like, if you're writing to your mom, thank you for helping me do the dishes or whatever. Um, but I remember sometimes thinking, I don't know what to write on this. I'm just going to make something up. 
<laughs> so yeah, that was the family badge. Going along with that, there's also a friend badge. What was the friend badge? I mean, I think some of the stuff in the friend badge was good because I do think a lot of children are not really taught how to be friends with each other. And some of the stuff was good, but some of it was, once again, there's like that toxic undercurrent of bad theology. It is just like a toxic undercurrent under good skills or necessary life skills, but just like, yeah, insidiousness underneath. Yeah. So what did you do for your friends? Um, so you had to pray for your friends and do one nice thing for your friend six times, write a note to your friend um, six times, and in the note, you had to share a scripture verse every time. And I think it's kind of funny because I didn't realize this, but I didn't realize until I went to undergrad that people didn't do that. And so, like, I just thought if you were friends with someone, you wrote them a nice note and then at the end you put a scripture you know you're like for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord you know like I just thought that was normal (laughs) and I gave a note to my roommate once and I had been giving her notes several times because she was really sweet and like I thought we were friends and that this was what I was supposed to do and she was like it's really nice that you give me all these notes but I don't know why you always put scripture at the end. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I just do, because that's encouraging, you know? Because like in my brain, that was just what people did to encourage each other, you know? Yeah. Was this at your tiny little college that you went to or was it the big university? That was at the big university. That was when I started realizing "Mm, some of this was really weird. see I grew up Catholic and we don't memorize like scripture in general people don't really um, do that in my brand of Catholicism where I come from in the Midwest and so just the whole idea of memorizing scripture I'm like I think I know like the Ten Commandments yeah (laughs) we memorize like a lot of scripture but I mean part of that was like my church and then part of that which my church was not a fundamentalist church, but pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not. It was Southern Baptist. And so there are some of the same tenets, but overall my church was far more, I don't really want to use the word liberal because I wouldn't say it was liberal, but it was more liberal than most of my friends' churches. I mean, a lot of them were at home church, so less conservative yes there you go (laughs) less conservative so what else was in your other's badge or the friends so part of it was about peer pressure and what peer pressure is and I think that's I mean I think that's good too but um once again there's like an undercurrent (laughs) it says If we sin by breaking rules, disobeying parents, or doing any other type of wrong when we are with our friends, are we showing our love for them? Why not? Can we ever show our friends that we love them by giving into peer pressure? Peer pressure means that our friends are wanting us to do something. Sometimes that something is not a good thing. If we give in, are we showing them that we love them? That's that's like a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. It is. I think of my peer pressure learning experience. It was like, 
say no to drugs. Don't let your friends convince you to do drugs. Like, don't let your friends convince you to like have an orgy as a right? teenager. <laughs> you know, it was like stuff like that. It's, you know, me, I'm like, I got peer pressured to sing at a piano bar two weeks ago. Like that was my peer pressure, but that you're is that a good way to show that you love them like mm, doesn't quite sit right with me yeah I mean I feel like there's a lot of pressure involved in all that because you feel like you have to be this perfect person to love other people you know like if you're not obeying God the whole time you're with your friends then you don't love them well, one of my friends wants me to watch a movie and I'm not sure if it's okay with my mom. So is it sinful for me to watch that movie? But they really want me to watch it. So, you know, am I being like giving into peer pressure and being a bad friend if I agree to watch it? You know, I mean, there was a lot of that. And I remember having a sleepover and TV was like super controversial anyway. A lot of people did not watch TV at all or they watched like, Andy Griffith on VHS I mean you know it was like but my family did watch TV and I had a DVD of The Incredibles and I was older I was like in high school and one of my friends started crying and she was like I don't want to watch this movie and I was like okay well why not and she goes because at the end my mom said the baby becomes a demon Oh, Jack Jack. I know. So we didn't watch the movie and like we couldn't watch any TV because like that was the movie I had as the safe movie. Like I thought for sure everyone could watch this movie, but no. And I could not figure out what she was talking about with the baby turning into a demon. But there is like at the end of the movie, there are like five seconds where he's falling and he's like transforming into all these different things. And he has like devil horns for like two seconds. And that was why she could not watch that movie. Oh, uh uh don't you want to be like can't you just like close your eyes <laughs> I mean I wanted to be because like at that point I was thinking I don't know how else to entertain people you know like with sleepovers you're like yeah. everybody's here all night I have to have stuff for us to do yeah yeah the peer pressure yeah there was like a grandparents badge like which was really sweet it was just like help your grandparents rake the leaves or make a treat for your grandparents send a card um there is a hospitality badge hospitality yeah just like making sure learn how to be the hostess with the most yeah just making people feel welcome in your home but also how to make people feel welcome if they're coming to your church for the first time oh yeah yeah um there was a love badge what was in the love badge? Um, the love badge was basically about First Corinthians 13, which is called the love chapter in the Bible. It's like love is patient, love is kind. It is uh, not, yeah. The wedding one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had to memorize that and um write a verse about like explaining what it means. And then we had to list it's kind of like the family badge where you list your immediate family members and six ways that you can love them. Um, and then you do those six things for them. And you do this for two months for each family member. It's a long time. It is. It is. Are you ready for the examples of ways you can love I'm your ready. father? 
Ooh, I don't like this. Yeah, it's very eerie. So the first one is pray for him. Um, Obey the first time he asks me to do something. Bring him something to drink when he is thirsty. Tell him once a day that I love him. Ask him if I can do anything for him and then do the thing he asked. And number six is just funny to me. Bring him his slippers, newspaper, or current book. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is like, like a 1952 housewife guide. When was this thing written? Uh, that's a good question. Okay, it looks like it was originally written in 1982, but it was revised in 92 and again in 2000. And this is the 2000 edition. <laughs> oh my God. Gosh, this is like some 1950s housewife stuff. Bring him his slippers. I know, yes. Um, but then get him a glass of water. Right. I would not say that to my dad, but now I would. I'd be like, go get your own glass. I know, yes. And then you were also supposed to make a list of relatives, neighbors, and friends, and then do one nice thing for at least 12 people. Um, a lot of people. It is a lot of people. I'm trying to think of like twelve different people that I would do something nice for. Like, I swear I have friends, but that's a lot of people. It is a lot of people because, like, outside of your family, like, that's a lot of people. And I mean, like, it does say relatives that are not immediate can be included. So, like, I guess you can include your cousins. But I'm like, my cousins were always weird. Do I want to include my cousins in this? <laughs> Um, and then the last requirement is that you are supposed to list an enemy. <laughs> and an enemy. <laughs> nine years old. How do you have an I enemy? At nine <laughs> and I don't even know what I did for this one. Like, I don't remember this. And maybe I didn't get this badge. I don't know. But and then you're supposed to do <laughs> two nice things for your enemy. Two nice things for your mortal enemy. Yes. I mean my next door neighbor I guess she would have been my enemy because every time I saw her I would try to talk to her and I'd be like hey how are you today and she would go duh and literally everything I said that's what she would say back because I don't know I guess it was just the 90s that's what people did I was gonna say that was very 90s response Duh. I would be like, how are you today? And she'd be like, duh. I'd be like, do you want to play? And she'd be like, duh. And I remember being like, does she? Does she not? And we would always play together, but it always ended with her being like a complete jerk. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sounds like a nine-year-old enemy. That does actually yes. sound like a nine-year-old enemy okay this is totally random but funny she actually planted tampons in our yard one day (laughs) like I didn't know what tampons were and um she planted them in the flower bed like they were coming up (laughs) and like she like my mom obviously told her mom and she was like so embarrassed about it and every time I would talk to her about it she would be like we're not supposed to talk about this (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love that that does sound like she's actually your enemy yeah so she's probably I mean that's the only person I could think of who would have been my enemy at nine years old 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just like trying to picture what did your mom say when you like brought her like I found these in the garden. Well, like I saw them leaning over our flower beds and I was like, hey, they're in our flower beds. And then like I looked outside and my mom like shoved me back inside and closed the door and she she would not tell me what it was about because like at the time I didn't know about periods and I guess she wasn't ready to talk to me about periods yet (laughs) and then like (laughs) years later I was finally like what happened in the flower beds that day like please tell me what happened and she was like oh they planted tampons (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) I mean they weren't in keepers at home so I guess they had time to plant tampons you know like that's what happens when you have your idle time. They ate the bread of idleness. They planted the tampons. They planted the tampons. <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking back to my time in Girl Scouts and we had like all of our fun camp songs and like it's summer and it's gorgeous outside. And I still think of like our camp songs and stuff whenever I see the summertime out. Did you guys do any like fun little songs and stuff? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, We played a lot of hand clapping games. We played Down by the Banks. Did you ever play that one? Down by the Banks of the Hank. From bank to bank, singing eeps, ipes, oops, oops, Jesus loves you and I do too, so ping pong. (laughs) No, mine did not end with anything about Jesus, no. Oh, well, we had something about Jesus loves you and ping pong. And you did not want your hand to be slapped on Pong because you'd be out. Jesus loves you and ping pong. (laughs) Yes. Well, and it was like, Jesus loves you and I do too. So ping pong. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We did a lot of Crocodile More. Did you guys do Crocodile More? I don't think so. Crack, crack, crack. A single C, you know, single, single, sock, ock. A single C, no, malo, alone, alone, malone, malone. One, two, three, four, five. And then you didn't want your hand slapped on five. Oh, I've never heard of that one. We did um, Sean Macadon Sophia. It was like, Sean Macadon Sophia, Marion, Marion, Leia, 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 one, two, three, A, B, C. Oh my gosh. Did you do concentration? Yes. Yes. Concentration, memorization, keep the rhythm. Here we go. Oh, I like that. Okay, after we record this podcast, you're going to have to teach me that one. Um, we did concentration clock. 64. No repeats or hesitations. Category is apples or yeah, vegetables or anything. We always loved anything because then you could literally just say whatever. Whatever. Repeat somebody else's. And it was fun. So we called that categories. We played that, but we called it categories. And it would be like, I named the category. Here we go. Dogs, you know. Um, but concentration was everyone had a number. And so like the first person's one, two, three, four. And you had to say your number and then the number of the person you were passing to. So you'd be like 11, one or whatever, which gets really hard when people start getting out because then you have to remember their number. Yes. Yeah, we played ones like that, too. Yeah. Um, And we also had a song that we started each meeting with. Um, When my mom started leading our group, we stopped doing the song. And I think that's because my mom cannot sing. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah we had like a little like theme song i guess that we would sing at the start of each meeting what is that um it's it's probably (laughs) you're probably gonna think it's really weird because it is really weird um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know do you want me to sing it or do you want to play the recording Oh, maybe. Okay. Yes. Let's do the recording because you sent me that recording. Yes. I have some thoughts on that song. (laughs) I certainly do. Stepping stones to be a keeper at home. Yeah, that's actually what the younger girls program was called stepping stones. So there was a, a book for it was called little keepers. And you would get a stepping stone badge when you like graduated from stepping stones into like the big girl keepers, which was like keepers at home. It's like going from like daisies to brownies or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So in a world of so much fear and confusion, <laughs> I just love like that's how that starts. <laughs> right. How should I start the song? Well, how about in a world of so much fear and confusion? Let's in this start with awful that. world. <laughs> And we want to tell these people how to grow up correctly. And the correct way to grow up is to be a godly woman and to be a homemaker. So let's talk about those things. Right. (laughs) So you started that every meeting. Yeah. In the first two groups that I was in, or no, the first, I've been in like four groups because I moved so many times. But um, in the first couple groups I was in, we always sang that song. And then when my mom started a group, it was like my mom and my best friend's mom and neither one of them can sing at all. (laughs) So we did not do this song. And I don't know if that's why we didn't do the song. I mean, like, I guess nobody, I mean, I didn't ask, like, can we do this song? It's a terrible song anyway. So terrible song, like just listening to it. And you shared the sheet music with me. It's not well written at all. No, no, no. It's not easy vocally either. Like there are a lot of octave leaps and just like weird, weird, weird stuff. Weird rhythmic stuff going on in there. <laughs> weird, weird, weird harmonic things happening. <laughs> yes. I would say, is this like a hymn? But most hymns are better written than this. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen a hymn this bad and I've seen a lot of hymns. So, <laughs> Oh, that's a song. 
it's something it's stuck in my head like seriously I'm like teach me something stop. I know the chorus does get stuck in your head and like even when I was thinking about this podcast I started thinking about the song and I was like wow I really remember that song very well <laughs> it's kind of militaristic in parts I want to probably like with all those triplets in there very militaristic yeah it makes me wonder if the composer was like a military wife or something (laughs) oh I would not be surprised by that yeah I wouldn't either oh my gosh well this has been a very informative episode and I'm really like I'm really glad that we're getting to talk about this stuff because you know, I don't think it's all necessarily like bad on its head. Like some of the documentaries that we were watching and stuff were like, how did people get into this? It's so clearly like awful. And like, this isn't that. How many times was I like, oh, I did stuff like that in my Girl Scouts or like, wow, that's actually a good life skill. I wish I would have known that. But there's such a like undercurrent of like insidious, patriarchal, Christian, And I'm not saying like all Christianity is bad or anything, but like this kind of fundamentalist patriarchal ick is underneath all of that keeper stuff. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I think, you know, probably a lot of the moms who started doing this with their children thought, oh, these are really good skills. And these are skills that my daughter is going to need. And this would be a fun way for us to, to get those skills. Um, and that's probably how it started. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a Bible verse for almost every skill, but most of the time the Bible verse doesn't actually have to do with the skill, like cleaning, (laughs) cleaning is the verse for cleaning is created me a clean heart. Oh God. Like that has nothing to do with cleaning your bathroom, you know? It really doesn't. And I always think of the hymn like, create in me a clean heart, oh God. You know? Yes. I definitely don't sing that when I'm cleaning my bathroom. (laughs) Well, you could because it would make your cleaning feel so much better, right? Feel much more godly. It's more fun to clean when you're praying for people and you're singing hymns. That was one of the suggestions is to sing hymns and and pray while you clean. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anna. I am really excited about what we're talking about. I'm excited for more episodes to come. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited about it, too. I think we're going to cover some really interesting topics. And remember, in a world of so much fear and confusion, (laughs) don't forget to iron your brother's trousers. (laughs) Thank you.